Hello, and welcome to the Running Hook Podcast, hosted by Alex Burr, a member of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome to the Running Hook Podcast. I am once again joined by my first guest and the host of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, Caleb Lynn. Caleb, it's been a while. How's it going, bud? It it has been a while. Um, I have been focusing on NFL content and it's been great. Check it out, Lynn Sanity. Uh, but I'm ready to talk some hoops because there's plenty to talk about, so much to uh, get into, and I, can, I cannot wait uh, for this discussion. And I'm assuming, unlike our hipster counterpart, Dylan Hughes, you have listened to the Jack Harlow song, Tyler Hero. I'm I'm assuming. (laughs) Yes, I have. Yes, I have. (laughs) Dylan told me he was going to wait about three months to listen to it. I'm like, why? It's like, it's a good song. It is a good song. (laughs) I don't know why he's doing that. I guess it's to appreciate his guy, Tyler Hero. That'd be my only only guess. It's it's his muse. But um, so for this podcast, we are going to do the three teams that we are each most interested in. And... We did three because, let's be real here, our first podcast was almost two hours long, and we aren't really known for our brevity. So any attempts, any attempts to control that brevity is probably for the best for us. So, Caleb, I'll start with you. Who is your first team that you're interested in? Who is my first team? They're big. It's obvious. Uh, it's a big market. I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's probably the easy team to call. But I, for me, it's the Brooklyn Nets, man. I, I am mm. so incredibly intrigued with Steve Nash and and the staff that he's put together. And and you know, you got to think, Alex, that at some point, you know, you might see that third star come in. And and I'm just curious as to what that could look like, or if they keep the the team the same and you know, I, I also, you know, just because of a basketball standpoint, I want to see Kevin Durant back on the court. I want to see Kyrie Irving back on the court. I want to see a team like that do well. And, and I just think there's so much to pack in with Brooklyn. I, I, I can't I cannot wait to see them play when they get everything together. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? Like, yeah. let's be real here. The Running Hook Podcast Network has not been the kindest to Kyrie Irving. Okay, I will acknowledge I try to that. <laughs> but if he falls into the line where he was in 2016, I mean, like what what could possibly be better for him? Like being this, he's not a good first banana. We've seen that the last three years. He cannot Absolutely. be the first banana on your team. But as a sure. second banana, he is probably the best second best player in the league over Clay Thompson. I would rather have Kyrie as my second best player over Clay Thompson, just because you have an elite shot creator. Like if you put if you put Kyrie in like wow. Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Like that would be the perfect compliment to Giannis, you know, just because he's an elite hmm. shot creator. The problem is, of course, right? We saw with the second best, uh, we saw with the best second best player of all time in Kobe Bryant. Eventually, when you're the second, nobody wants to be second best. Nobody. nobody. And that's going to, that's the, that's the inherent problem with this roster construction is that exactly. Kyrie to me, right? When Kyrie won the championship with LeBron, he was what, 24, 25? He's like almost yeah. 30 now. Yeah. He's yeah. been in the league for almost 10. I think this is going to be his 10th season already, which is that's, insane. that's, yeah, that flies by. Yeah. And, 
you are what you are at this point. And what he's been the last couple of years has been, I want the ball. I want like Mamba mentality. The, Very thing, much about so. Mamba, the thing about Mamba mentality is not everyone is good enough to have the Mamba mentality. We're seeing this with Jason Tatum, too. Jason Tatum's a great basketball player, right? Sure, sure. He is not good enough to have the Mamba mentality. Same with Kyrie, right? I would say Jimmy Butler is about the line where Mamba mentality works. And even then, I wouldn't say Jimmy goes full Mamba. Jimmy's very, very unselfish. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting from that perspective. The Achilles is the most devastating injury in all of sports. And it's going to be interesting to see how KD bounces back from that. And then the third star aspect, you're right. I mean, Bradley Beal's in play. It doesn't sound like the Wizards are going to move him. Yeah. Um, depending on how highly you think of Victor Oladipo. Sure. You know, I personally am a Victor Oladipo skeptic after, you know, however many games. I want to see him come back to 2018. We haven't seen him be as good as he was. So, okay. Here's the pros for Victor Oladipo, right? I know we're, we're going off on a little bit of a tangent here very early in the podcast. <laughs> But Victor Oladipo was very good against, let's be real here, Caleb. Yeah. And I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying this, even though you're no. a huge IU fan. Yeah. He was very good against a very bad Cavs team that had LeBron James. Yeah. Who on that Cavs team was going to stop Victor Oladipo? That Cavs team was terrible on defense. Basically, three out of the four years, or no, two out of the four. I'll give, I'll give them 2015. Two out of the four years LeBron was there. They were terrible on defense. They were bad. Really bad. Really bad. So you have that factored in. Yeah. And then, I mean, nobody saw Victor Oladipo coming. In 2017 or 2018-19, when he he tore his ACL, I believe. Was it his ACL? I don't remember what he tore exactly. But he was, even then, he was only scoring, like, what, 18 points a game in the 50-some games he played? He wasn't at the 2018 level. Right. And... 18 points a game in elite defense is still valuable, but it's not as valuable as, like, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, to me, is a clear tier above Victor Oladipo, even probably 2018 level Victor Oladipo, just because of all the ball handling and stuff. But, I mean... Yeah, I can see that. That's my Victor Oladipo tangent, because I'm like, he's not a star like that anymore, I don't think. If he proves me wrong, then he proves me wrong. Mm -hmm. But... Karis LeVert, I think, is going to be the most interesting piece of the offseason just because, I mean, the most interesting definitely interesting yeah. mid-level piece, I'll say, because I think that, I think you could say Chris Paul is the most interesting piece of the offseason, Gallinari, a lot of sure. guys. But I think in terms of, like, guys that are capable of being traded for the third star, LeVert's up yeah. there. Yeah. And is. I think LeVert... Like, if Indiana can get Levert for Oladipo, you take that trade 75 – like, you take that time trade 100 times out of 100. You never say no to that trade. I agree with that. So – I agree with that. Brooklyn you know, was I, not on my list, but I yeah. I love the pick. Yeah, I mean, because with Brooklyn, they're – I mean, the way I look at it is if you – you you know, I think your Drew Holiday thing makes a lot of sense because we just need to see Vic – come back from this quadriceps tendon and we need to see that 2018 version. Now the argument to that Alex is I could potentially uh, get, you know, trade a little bit less to get Vic as opposed to if I would have to trade for Drew Holiday where I'm probably giving up a little bit more of my farm, you know, like I, I think there's a, an interesting 
situation there, you know, like if Brooklyn said, well, all right, well, if I don't have to trade as much to get Vic, like, is that worth it? And in my opinion, I would say yes, because I think they have a good core. And I think, you know, I understand that superstars can change everything, but what made Kevin Durant intrigued with Brooklyn, the, the, what they had, the, the places and the guys that they had. I mean, sure, you knew that they were going to want to get another star and you wanted to do all this other things. But at the same time, Kevin Durant was intrigued by this team because he saw the movement. He saw the mentality that the coherency that they have. Is it worth dumping my entire farm? to get the third star. And I just, I think there's a lot to, to think about, you know, and if I'm the Pacers, I, I, I think you got to get off Vic and, you know, if Levert was offered, I, I think I would take that. I think if, I think if Dinwiddie is offered, I, I think I would take that because I think if you're the, if you're the Pacers, I, I just think you are not getting the 2018 Vic. I think it's time to just to chill, to chill out on that. Like, I mean, I, and you know me, Alex, I, I'm an IU guy through and through. I've seen his development and I love the the development that he has. And with a guy like Vic, you cannot expect that 2018 to just immediately come back. You know, obviously with Beal, you would easily trade your entire farm. With a guy like Drew Holiday, I think you wouldn't trade as much of your farm, but you are trading a little more. And I just think they have to make a decision if they believe that Levert can eventually be that guy, then, then keep it. I, I, I think it's tricky to say that, but if you believe that they can, great. But they're intriguing all the way around. Can Steve Nash do what they need to do? Um, so much, so much to go into. It's really going to be fascinating. Now, Steve Nash did bring in Mike D'Antoni and Ime Udoka, two guys who are with head coaching experience in D'Antoni and Udoka, who has been thrown around in several Head coaching. Yep. I he'll probably get a head coaching position after Brooklyn, if we're being honest. Have to think. Yeah. Like that that guy's been that guy's name's been bounced around too much. Just like Steven Silas, right? Finally got the job as the head coach of the Rockets, you know? Yeah. And we'll yep. see what he does after I mean, let's be real. The Rockets were I mean the not the Rockets, the Mavericks were the best offense of all time. Hmm. Now we'll see according to offensive efficiency. We'll see how that goes in Houston, but that's neither here nor there. Right. If if the Pacers only want Dinwiddie for Oladipo, like if you're the Nets, even if Oladipo is like what he was in the bubble, <laughs> you have to jump on that. I agree. Oladipo I is agree. a clear upgrade over Dinwiddie, like even in his damaged good state. Lavert, exactly. I would I have, to, I have to think. Another yeah. another key guy before we move on, um, sure. Joe Harris, unrestricted yeah. free agent. Yeah. And – Great I don't have much like in-depth and de- I do have an in-depth analysis on Joe Harris, but I'll just say this to start. He's good. He's good. And if they lose him, that's going to be a bad loss because that's a good shooter. He's a capable defender. And he's a really not a key piece because that's insulting to our intelligence, but <laughs> sure. he's, sure. he's a good, like he's a good sixth, seventh man, right? Like of the pecking order. So yeah, where Joe Harris goes is going to be fascinating because he is a great shooter and very good. As we know, you need great shooters in the league at like, if you don't have an abundance of shoot of good shooters, you need one great shooter. And if they lose Joe Harris, I think that's going to be a problem for their spacing. Definitely. Definitely. They got to find a way to keep him. I, I think, you know, he, in my, in my opinion, Alex is the third most important player to their team. Mm. You have to figure out a way to 
do what you can because I think Harris's ability to spread the court, I think his defense is tremendously underrated. I think that he is a player that will fit very well with those two in Kevin and Kyrie. And I would do everything that I can to get him and to keep him on my team because I, I don't, I, like you said, Alex, I think you're absolutely right. He's off the ball. He's a player that's not going to demand a whole lot of touches. That's that's not what he's about. And I just think that's the type of player that you have to have in order to see Brooklyn be at the level that we think that they can be at, right. which is top of the East, you know, uh, long runs, you know, maybe finals. It just depends on how you think. I just think something along those lines, you have to keep Joe Harris. I, I think it's, I think he's absolutely the third best player on their team. I would try to keep him as much as I can. I don't know if I, I'd say like, I think third most important is more accurate than third best. I'd say like in terms of like actual ability, he's probably like about fifth best. And then that's just because I'd like, I think Dinwiddie and LeBert are both very good players. And I think that whoever Definitely. gets, yes. I think whoever gets them right, if they stay in Brooklyn or if they sure. get traded, sure. I think that whoever gets, whoever, t- whatever team they're on next year is going to benefit greatly from having their services. But absolutely. I think that Brooklyn's a fascinating choice and it's a, it's a wonderful choice, but I think, I think it's safe to say we can move on to my first, first team. Yeah, go ahead. My first team, my first team is incredibly on brand for me, but you'll see why I'm going with them in a second. It's the Toronto Raptors. Here's why. So two of their five best players, I would say Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Vliet are unrestricted free agents. Okay. And what happens with them is going to probably indicate the direction that Toronto is going. Right. Or, yeah. or a guy, a big piece that could be on the move, sure. Kyle Lowry. So let's just let's just examine a couple avenues here. Okay, avenue okay. one is that they take is that they keep Ibaka and keep Van Vliet and try to run it back next year. This to me is probably the option that's least likely because Van Vliet's going to probably get like a twenty some million dollar contract from somewhere. Yeah, I love well. And Ibaka, <laughs> I don't know what Ibaka wants. I, I just, I don't know what he wants, right? Yeah. It, like he's won a championship. Does he want to win sure. another? Does he want to stay in Toronto? Which seems like a great fit for Ibaka culturally and I agree. basketball wise. Yep. Or does Ibaka want to go join a team that has actual championship aspirations? Because let's be real here. You and I both know Toronto, as long as they don't have a shot creator, does not have a championship aspirations. And as much as I love Kyle Lowry, he is not an elite shot creator. You can't be, you really can't be an elite shot creator when you're, when you're six foot, unless you're Steph Curry. That's just, that's really it. And Steph Curry's three inches taller than Lowry. Sure. So, sure. There's that factor. The other factor is if they let, if they keep Van Vliet, I have to imagine that they trade Lowry because, like, Ooh. I could see Toronto trying to take. I could this year. But, really? like, Think about it. It's the perfect time, right? Like everybody's trying to go all in. Why not swerve the other direction? You're going to notice this is a theme kind of to some of my teams, not all of them. Okay. But okay. I think that there's an excellent chance that they try to go of do a 180 in the other direction, try to get some pieces around Pascal Siakam, right? Pascal Siakam's sure. a great, great player. He's yeah. not going to be the best player on a championship team. We saw that last year. We saw that he got absolutely shut down by Jalen Brown, which it was an incredible defensive performance. I it was, it was, but yes, 
you can't let yourself get taken out of the game like that. No, you can't. And knowing Pascal's work ethic, there's a chance he comes back next year with a move that can counter what Jalen Brown did. That being said, I just don't, I don't see it for Pascal. I mean, he's like 26 at this point. So you don't really grow much when you're past like the age of 25, 26. If he, if he can, that's, that's great. I'm talking about as a player, you know, as a person, you can sure. grow, you can grow whatever, but <laughs> exactly. exactly. But um, as a player, I just don't see him changing that much. And I think that this is going to be the best Siakam that we get. And this Siakam is going to be a regular season all-star, right? This Siakam is an incredibly impactful offensive and defensive player. This Siakam is not going to make an impact on the playoffs. And I mean, Norman Powell, you know, that's a good, like he's not cheap, but he's a mid-level contract that could get traded to a contender yeah. that's trying to win. Um, Absolutely. You just go through the roster, right? The only if I was a Raptor, if I was Masai, the only two sure. untouchable pieces are OG and Pascal. I that's know. it, right? If you offer me the right thing for Kyle Lowry, I'm taking it. You know, sure. I'm probably letting Fred VanVleet go. I'm thinking that you know some team can sucker him into into paying him like twenty million dollars, and I get off scot free because. Detroit probably needs a point guard. He would be good in Detroit, but I don't think he would like, I don't think anywhere he goes, he would be as good as he was playing next to Kyle Lowry. I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. So the Raptors to me just are interesting just because of the 75 different directions they could take it. Hell, they could try to keep the team and try to get Gallinari on a mid-level contract. Sure. There's just yeah. so many different ways they could go. And it's, I'm, I'm curious to see which way that they do go. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. I to me, Alex, I, without hesitation, I'm getting rid of Van Vliet. Without hesitation, he, he's a, he, if, if, he's not even close to the market value. He's not even close. He's to me, you're, you're, you know, if you're the New York Knicks, you have no choice because you suck. If you're Detroit, you have no choice because you suck, and you're going to pay him the money because you suck. And Van and Fred Van Vliet is a player that I, in my opinion, is a system-based player, who who has just really developed and thrived under Raptors culture, who I'm easily getting off of because he's not close. He's not even close to the the money. Serge is a very nice piece, and sure, I would consider it, but I mean, I would just thinking off the top of my head, Alex. I mean, if I'm Serge Ibaka, is this team able to beat? some of the giants in the Eastern conference. And I find that very tricky. And I find, I find that tricky in so many levels. If he wants to stay in the Eastern conference, I think there are teams that would work out for him. If he chose to stay in the West, if he went West, you know, I think there's obviously teams that would line up for him as we can all attest the Lakers, the Clippers the list goes on. Mm-hmm. But I think with Serge, like that's a player I understand keeping Fred. I would, I would move on. I think the, there's an interesting thing about Lowry to me. I think he's – I'd rather trade him early than trade him late if you're going to move if you're gonna move him, you know, because we, we all know he is getting, you know, higher up in age. Now, I understand he's been aging like fine wine. He's an all-star. He continues to be at a, a great pace. But I would rather get off him earlier than later so that I can try to get the best assets that I can. You know, I think another piece that I'm very interested in, and I, I mean, Alex, maybe you have more on this, is what is the exact situation with a player like Terrence Davis, who I thought was contributing very nicely. Now you're looking at this, you know, this legal situation is potentially very problematic. You know, that was a piece that I thought could do very well in the long term. Well, maybe he's not even going to be 
on their roster, or he could potentially be in a bunch of legal issues. And that's a problem. And this, you know, Toronto, I do not see, I think you're exactly right, Alex. Siakam's a great regular season player, all-star. Boston absolutely got to him. Jalen got to him. Tatum and Smart, they all got to him. That doesn't change. That doesn't change, I think, to a huge extent. Even if Siakam found one counter, I don't think that changes. I think Boston's roster is going up because their two young players are going up. So if I'm Toronto, I understand the tanking. If you wanted to go there, I, I'm, I didn't, I, you know. But to me, we kind of know what this team is with the core that they have. Let's save some money a little bit. Let's get off Van Vliet. I think I like your I like your take on getting rid of both Van Vliet and Ibaka. That's what I would lean towards. I would say just move on. Uh, I would say trust in your development because you've developed the crap out of guys. So why wouldn't you just do that? You know, and and take the Chris Boucher's and the and try to work with that. Yeah, it looks like uh, Terrence Davis has been charged so with a with assaulting a woman. So that's um. Yeah, he is probably not long for the Raptors. That being said, I agree with your development point. Like the Raptors, if they yeah. can develop Terrence Davis like this, you can't you can't tell me that they can't find another Terrence Davis, right? Like there's so That's many exactly right. neglected six five guards who go undrafted that you sure. can find. So I think that you find another Terrence Davis, you know. Boucher is an intriguing piece to me. I mean, Terrence Davis didn't even play that much in the playoffs. He only played like 14 minutes a game, and he like half the games were DNPs. I found that so weird. I mean, I understand you shorten the rotation in the playoffs, but the Raptors weren't good enough to shorten their rotation. Right. Like, right. You know, they like last year they had the perfect formula where they could play seven or eight guys because sure. their team was like Kawhi. This team was literally built to be around Kawhi. Yeah. And that was just an interesting factor to me where Kawhi, like this team had a Kawhi sized hole that they just, they couldn't fill. Right. Exactly. If you could fill it with like 75% of Kawhi, then that's preferable. But he is not like the team wasn't built, wasn't prepared for his loss. I don't think, or not prepared. They just, they didn't fill the hole. They didn't fill the hole. They didn't fill the hole. I and that's a good way to put it. And like, you can't go back to DeMar DeRozan. No, like you that, can't that, do that. That well is, I mean, dried up. I mean, it was dried up when LeBron destroyed them in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. But I don't know. It's going to be an interesting angle to watch, to watch Definitely. what the Raptors yeah. do. Because if they hold serve, then I think that we could see pretty similar results to what happened this season, right? And there's nothing wrong with what happened to the no, Raptors there's this season. Yeah. They, you know, they had the second seed, they lost to the conference finalists who lost to the better team. Exactly. You know? Right. Like the Celtics, I mean, let's be real here. The Celtics weren't as deep as the Raptors were, but the oh, way yeah. the Raptors, the Raptors should have played a Bacamora, right? I thought like nurse had a pretty perfect postseason last year, which I mean, again, is made a lot easier when you have <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, sure. right? When you have the superstar, sure. Yep. but I don't know. Given everything that happened with the team this year, I think if they run it back exactly the same way, it's going to be pretty similar results. And I kind of want to see and plus, but then, okay. One, one more thing before we move on to your next team. Yeah. Yeah. 
Raptors could be a sleeper Giannis spot. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on what Giannis values. But if he wants the culture, I mean, I'd say Toronto is the best culture in the NBA right now. Even, you know, after we saw the perfect display of heat culture in the finals, I would still rather go to Toronto than Miami, personally. I mean, in terms of like, I don't know, I guess Miami has the advantage because they're younger. But if I was going to stay in the East, if I'm honest, I'm, it's tough. I'll just say that. It's tough between Milwaukee, it is tough. Toronto, and Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think with, with my, you know, in terms of the culture, you know, like I, I think Toronto is, has always proven to be, you know, somewhere where players can develop. And I would just trust that. I would trust that. I think you can, I agree with you hundred percent, Alex. I, I do like Terrence Davis as a player, uh, but you can find another, you can find another guy like that. Uh, it's not a, it's not an irreplaceable guy. And there is a, I mean, Alex, I would argue there is a Kawhi sized gap in Toronto that, that they're not going to fill. They're not going to fill. They're, they're not going to get close to it. And I think that's the the really hard part for me with Toronto. You can go make these mid-level Danilo Gallinari moves. You can do all this stuff, but I just, the gap is still there. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I want to touch on what you said about Boston, as, uh, that series as well. You played into Boston's hands when you shortened the rotation. Boston has absolutely mm-hmm. no depth whatsoever. You should have yeah. gone eight man. You should have gone nine man. I thought, to be honest with you, I, I thought Nick Nurse was not the greatest in the postseason. I don't really care that they didn't have Kawhi Leonard. I I, I personally did not see uh, what what he was thinking. I, I felt like he, everything he did uh, was playing into a team in Boston that had, in my opinion, you could say five guys, you know, at the time that they played them. They weren't a deep team. Obviously, they didn't have enough really down low. You know, hopefully you can see them improve that. But when it comes to Toronto, I think they have got – I think I understand the whole idea of tanking. I understand the idea of keeping. Uh, but I would lean towards trusting that culture, trusting in that development. Abaka only played 22 minutes a game in that series. That was yeah, way – That's Yeah. That should have been closer to, to 27. Yep. Like, if you played five more minutes a game, that was the thing. You're right. Like, they didn't have Hayward at the start of the series. Right. And they still lost the first two games by – they lost game one by 18 and lost game two by three. And if they – let's – I don't remember that game. Actually, let's let's go back and look. So, let's see. Tatum went nine for 18. Kemba went six for 11. So, they really didn't put the clamps on Kemba until the end of that series. And if they came out with more initiative and put the clamps on Kemba in game one – I think that there's a solid chance that Toronto could should have made the conference finals because your two best the best scorers on both sides were no, neutralized and yeah. I don't know it was a tough series and I you know I'm a Toronto like I'm basically a Toronto fan at this point but sure you are it's it's just tough and the fact that Ibaka only played 22 minutes a game in the conference final or in the semifinals was a disgrace because it is a disgrace he was. I mean, he was their best. He was their best big man. Yeah, he is. Gasol fell off a cliff. I don't know what happened. I mean, he's old. (laughs) He he looked old. He did look old. And Abaka's Abaka's thirty-one. Yep. So Abaka's gonna be. I mean, Abaka's still like not old, but he's not. He's not young. He's not old. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. So 
Yeah, he, he's still a very nice piece. Whoever gets Ibaka next year, if it be the Raptors or not, they're going to really benefit from playing him 30 minutes a are. game yep, because he's just a solid defensive player at this point. Like he is, I don't know. I, I want Ibaka on my team, but what's your yep, next? I team? would too. Um, You know, I went with the bigger market, you know, with my first team, a team that's gotten plenty of attention. The second team, not a big market. Not going to lie to you. Um, but it's more of the what ifs that I'm intrigued by. And that's the Minnesota Timberwolves mm. uh, because they are a, there's a lot you can look at, right? Everybody's sitting there wanting to sniff out what they're going to do with number one. They're, they're wanting to sniff out the, uh, the Russell and Towns combination for an entire season. Um, another thing that I think is underrated about Minnesota is Jared Culver has been trash. Jared Culver has got to be better for them. You did not pick him to just give you the type of numbers that he's given you. And when it comes to the, when it comes to the Timberwolves, like I think they've got to nail this pick. I don't think it's a, I mean, I understand that this draft is not the greatest, but you have to nail this pick because you have put yourself in a situation where your future is D'Angelo Russell is Carl Anthony Towns. You can, I don't need, I don't, maybe they can get out of this. I don't really think they can. I think this is what you're, this is what you are. You're a Russell and Towns team and you better hope Jarrett Culver can develop and you better hope you nail that number. You better hope you nail that number one pick. And I'm intrigued by what they're going to do in number one. Push comes to shove. If they keep the pick, I easily, easily, Alex, I'm taking Anthony Edwards. I'm not even hesitating. I'd take Anthony Edwards. I'd have him as my two. I would say that he's my, you know, my dog on defense. I would say that he's the guy that uh, can give me some off-ball play. I think that's underappreciated in Anthony Edwards' game because Georgia was so bad. So, like, when it comes to the Timberwolves, like, I, I genuinely think that they are intriguing. The duo is obviously intriguing, but what they do with number one that's what I am just very excited for. How are they looking at this draft? Because I'll tell you right now, the rumors of LaMelo, the, the rumors of LaMelo Ball literally need to get the sack. When it comes to the Timberwolves, they need to get the sack. The lot. Oh, God. I'm not even going to get into LaMelo Ball. I'm going to let you take it away before I get another rant. So <clears throat> the draft pick is intriguing. The from what I've been listening to on podcasts, and as you know, I know nothing about the draft. No. But it sounds like the Hornets are enamored with James Wiseman. Enamored with. And if you could get a Good. package, like if you could steal Miles Bridges for the for the th- Miles Bridges in the third pick for the first pick, you gotta do that trade. Miles Bridges to me. Dylan and I talked about this on our uh, lottery needs pod. I like Miles that Bridges, he's a, I mean, he's in Charlotte, right? So you got to give him some benefit yeah. of the doubt, but he's been a little oh, disappointing. Like he's been a little disappointing compared to what his expectations were. That being said, you know, he's still a lottery pick. He's still super I, young. Well, I like, oh, I this, like him a lot. This is going to be his third season. Yep. So, you know, if you Bridges feel, guy. You're not going to get Washington, right? You're not going to get P.J. Washington. But if you could take Miles Bridges and be like, hey, I'll give you, you know, you give me the third pick in Miles and we'll give you number one, then you you got to do that trade if you're Minnesota. Definitely have to do that trade. And yep, I just think that there's a lot of possibilities that they could do with the number one pick. Great point. I don't, like, Edwards will see. I mean, 
you I'll ask you this question. Go His ahead. motor wasn't great last year, right? Because he was on a bad team. I mean, he's on a he was on a pathetic team. Yes, yes, I think his motor think, wasn't great because he was on a pathetic team. Do you think that maybe if he goes to a pathetic team in the NBA, that that'll continue? Well, I think I think it depends. I think you know. I think I think this is when Minnesota has to prove that they really believe in these guys because I think you can sell it. Like I think you can sell the fact that I have a really good point guard that's in this you know. Early, you know, early to mid twenties. I have, you could potentially argue, potentially, the mo the 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 most offensively talented big man in the league. And if you come into this team, you're giving us another dimension of athleticism. You're giving us another dimension, another threat that they really haven't ever had. They've been so desperate to have it for a while. And I don't even care that D'Angelo Russell is still there. They've been desperate to get this type of guy with his, with his intensity. And I mean, Alex, I mean, with a guy like Edwards, he is going to be able to give them, in my opinion, a little bit more than what we even saw in Georgia. Offensively, maybe not, but defensively, yes. Georgia had nobody, Alex. This was a horrible team in the SEC last year. And he 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 was carrying them. He's putting them afloat. I mean, he was he was the reason that some of the time they were afloat in games that they even were close, you know, because he was the best player on the court and the majority, the most talented player on the court the majority of the time they played. Like he he has the potential to be a really nice piece. Now I under I, I kind of like your argument there with Charlotte. If they feel like they gotta go uh, get the number one pick, and they say, okay, well I like my because I really like Miles Bridges, and I really like Miles Bridges on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's a very good fit for Miles Bridges. And if he if he went there, I think there's a lot of intrigue. And obviously, if you go get, uh, you know, if Anthony Edwards is there at three, uh, I mean. Okay, sweet. I just added to my depth. So I kind of like that. I like that logic, but that's an Anthony Edwards destination. If they go any other way, Alex, I I just, I do not like that at all for them down the line. No, I had no interest. I no interest in LaMelo Ball. None at all. And we'll see. I think that trade is very plausible because um, it is plausible. I am not a fan of Mitch Kupchak as a GM. I'll, I'll say that much. I not, that is very fair. I do not think that his um, I don't know. I don't think he's been up to snuff. I don't think he's you know since like the Pau Gasol trade was really the last good thing he did. I mean, okay, I'll say the failed Chris Paul trade was the last good thing he did, and then after yeah. that, it kind of went off cliff. Um, I don't know Minnesota to me. So Dylan and I spent a lot of time on Minnesota on our last podcast. And one of the things we talked about was that they need the Paul Millsap archetype, right? Someone who can come in and fix, play that defensive spot next to Carl Anthony Towns and be the Millsap to Towns' Jokic. Yeah. That's what, that's what he needs. Yeah. Like he needs someone who can be the solid defensive presence right next to him. Yeah. And he is, I mean, Millsap honestly might be a target for them. Like this version of Millsap, he's not great. Oh, I would target, but he he would shore up your defense, right? Yeah, he would. And this is this is the analogy I use. Okay, so like the seven seconds are less Suns, and I'm not saying that Russell and Towns are Nash and Stoudemire. Okay, but yeah, look at who they put next to Nash and Stoudemire. 
right? That team doesn't sure. work if you don't have Raja Bell. That team doesn't work if you don't have Boris Diaw, if you don't have Sean Marion, right? Mm-hmm. Switchy capable defenders. Like those three guys are elite defenders that I just mentioned. Yeah, you yeah. Like elite defenders. Yeah. Boris Diaw, you know, maybe bordering on elite, but Boris, Boris Diaw guarded LeBron in the finals and he yeah. did well. And I, I think that has to put you in elite right there, even when he's yeah, old and fat. Um, I don't know. You need that defensive presence, and I don't know who it's going to be. The uh, Beasley trade, he's going to be a solid two. Okoye's a solid three. I was about to say, I, I, what internally, Alex, do you think that they have the pieces to say – in-house, we can figure this out with a guy like a Kogi. And, you know, here's the thing. I know he didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but I really like Jalen Noel. I didn't, I did not see him play much. I, 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 I personally liked him a lot. Maybe I don't know what they, what they think internally about him, but you know, do you think internally that they could maybe figure it out or do you think they're going to have to go get, some of this stuff from the, not even some of it, most of it uh, from outside the organization. I think that they could, so right, they're young, right? They're kind of in the Hawks predicament right now where the Hawks yeah. are just super young and they just have a ton of young players. Right. The problem is, is that your best player is 25 and at this point he's a vet, you know? So that's, that's their main problem, but yeah. All right. Towns is going to, no, he's turning 25 and actually like a week. So happy early birthday, Carl. Um, I don't know. You got you got Wancho. I think Wancho is going to be a free agent, restricted free agent this year. It's going to be interesting to see where they go because Wancho to me is kind of like more of an in theory player. Um, yeah, you can get off him. Malik Beasley is a, under, is a restricted free agent. You got to keep him because he balled out when that. he was in Minnesota. I agree. I'm not like the West is tough, Caleb. It is tough. The West it is, is tough. really tough, and yeah. I do think they think that there's going to be some some stealth tanking teams, but you have to look at the West. All 15 teams could look at themselves and be like, you know what? I got a shot. They definitely can. They definitely can. Like, yep. All 15 teams can be like, you know what? I can compete this year. I can be, you know, sure. They can. Yep. Like I can be all 15 teams can look at themselves and say, I can make the playoffs. And that's not going to be true. Right. Cause the thunder are going to tank. Um, I think the Grizzlies should tank. I think that the Pelicans should probably tank, right? So there's going to be always some tanking teams, but I think that you could, the Timberwolves should look at themselves and say, we should be in the playoff hunt. And I agree. They're going to need some outside help. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. They're going to need, because this roster in and of itself, right? So Culver's promising, but Culver didn't play with a real point guard all last year. And I think that that's something that they could really use too, is they really need a capable backup point guard. Because I agree with that. I just looked at it. Jordan McLaughlin. Like, like they need, Ugh. he was a two-way contract. Ooh. I know Shabazz Napier was their backup point guard for most of last year. And Evan Turner. Oh. <laughs> is Evan Turner, I think Evan Turner's contract is done. Um, oh. I'm, pretty sure, I'm oh. pretty sure it's done. Wow. But de- I'm looking at the roster. Yeah, get a backup point guard. Oh, wow. The, Wow. Let's see, Evan Turner. So if you could bring back Evan Turner for a you know a cheap contract, he's a like he's a good ball handler. You know you could you could use Evan Turner as a as a solid ball handler, and then. So this is the thing, right? Yeah. Like they just need they need a backup guard, and they really need forward help. The problem is forward help isn't going to willingly come to Minnesota. <laughs> they had Robert That's Covington. A, yep, they did. 
they have they had like one of the best wing defenders in the league, and he is yep, they did. not coming back to Minnesota under any circumstances. They had Jimmy Probably Butler, not. right? Yeah. You had the most they you had the two most valuable commodities in the league. Not at the same time, of course, but you had two really capable wing defenders, and they're both gone. And so James Johnson isn't James Johnson the that first year in Miami. Anymore. Yeah, heavens no, he's not. He's no. going to opt into the contract <laughs> because it looks like he has a player option and it would be really dumb for him not to opt into 16 million when he is no business making 16 million. Exactly. So it looks like they'll have about 13 million in cap space. Um, Malik Beasley, you got to think is going to get some of that, but he has bird rights. Yeah. So I don't, you've got to find it. Like Millsap to me just makes too much sense. Right. Like he's not on offense. He's not what he was, but on defense, he still makes the Denver defense incredibly better. And I think we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But I think that they should really look into getting Millsap. I don't yeah. I don't disagree with that. He'd be a very nice fit in Minnesota. Or if you could find a Millsap archetype in the draft and just say, you know what, it might be high at three, but we could really use the we could develop this guy into being what we want him to be. That's the only other way. But I don't know. I don't, I personally don't think D'Angelo Russell is the guy you should be hitching your wagon to, but that's just me. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Russell fan. You think that they have it? Mm. It's if I wish they had, I'll be honest. They wish they had two draft picks. Yeah. Cause like there's some players projected mid to like end of the first round that I think would be really freaking good for them, but they don't have the luxury of that second pick. And I don't really think that there's anybody that they can trade off of besides the two guys. They don't want to trade to accumulate the other first round pick. I don't know. I think you could trade Culver. Like he's but, a good but is that worth it? Is that worth it? Probably not. To get, Probably a, not, to get but... like if like to get a player, Alex, like a player I, I very much like uh is Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Very nice stretch four, stretch five, who I think would very much he'd be a tremendous compliment, in my opinion to Carl Anthony Towns in the style at which they want to play very good defender can guard fours and fives. That would be a very, if they had another pick, wow, that would be really, that'd be great. That'd be great. Floor spacing, shot blocking big is his projection. Like that's, he, he gives you that luxury and, and, you know, if they were able to get a second pick in the first, I mean, oh, that'd be huge. But I just, I, I don't really see how they can do that. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe they have something up their sleeves. We'll see. Minnesota's intriguing for sure because they, there's just a lot of avenues they could go. I mean, yeah. they can't really tank because they owe a first round pick to the Warriors next year, so they're kind of all in. And ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns is one of the worst pick and roll defense combinations that you could possibly have. Oh, like, yeah. It, like, Towns has to really buy in on defense this year. There's really no excuse. When he's good, he's great. But when he's bad, he's great. awful. Y- yeah. Like, like worse, like worse than Jokic. Yeah. Yeah, he's bad. And he's so bad. you need you need better defense from Towns, and we'll just, we'll see if they can get it. But for my for my next team, sure, I went with an intriguing young team. Okay, it's the Dallas Mavericks. So Dallas is intriguing for this offseason and next offseason, right? Because you have you have to imagine Luca will take another jump. This is yeah. last year was only his second year. Yeah. 
you have to imagine he'll be even better this year, right? And better would, exactly. for Luca would mean, like, you're like, okay, he averaged 39 and 8. How yeah. can you get better than that? You can get better yeah, than that by playing better defense. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's how exactly. he gets better. And yeah. he's not going to be, he's not going to be Covington, right? But he can be Steph Curry. He can be, you know, off the ball. He can be that kind of defender, right? Solid team defender. Steph Curry to me is the baseline for bad defenders who are good for their teams because they get steals, take charges. You know, that's the kind of stuff you need, right? Luca averaged one steal a game. For a guy with his IQ, that's rookie numbers. You need to bump those numbers up. I agree with that. Those numbers, like, like for a person as smart as he is, like a basketball player as smart as he is, the way you compensate on defense is by getting off-ball steals. Yep. And yep. Like even like I'll use the example of a great defender, but Jimmy Butler, that dude yeah. gets so many steals off the ball, it's ridiculous. Like yeah. he plays the passing lanes perfectly. So Luca's got to be better. The Chris Stapps news is horrible. I think what did they? They said he had surgery. Let's see. Yeah, that's a, that's that is a. That is a really very unfortunate situation. I've been a big Przingis guy for quite a while. Yeah, he was really good last year. Yeah, he um, was. Let's see. Undergoes surgery on torn meniscus. Ah, let's see. Yeah. They, they, ah, hey, autoplay videos. Um, those, those autoplay videos suck. I mean, if he tore his meniscus, then... I don't know when he's going to come back. I don't know if Porzingis will be back next year, but I think that there's a chance that if, they, if Powell comes back and they play Kleber and Powell together, there's a good chance that they could, you know, get 50% of his production and be fine. Right. And be where they were. But yeah, just cause Luca yeah. is so good. And, you know, let's be real here. Okay. I'll say this. Porzingis was definitely better without Luca. But I can't say that Luca wasn't better with Porzingis off the floor, if that makes sense, right? Like Luca definitely yeah. Porzingis is definitely a key player for their team. He is huge for their team. Um But if they show out and get a top five seed this year, there's a chance that they could, you know, be a huge free agent destination in the twenty twenty one offseason. They definitely can. And be. I think that there's a chance that they can be the five seed. Carlisle's one of the best coaches in the league still still. We've kind of forgotten about him. But now that yeah. he's had another generational player, that he's back where he was. So he, he definitely is. I don't know. I yeah, think the Mavericks are intriguing. Is. Yep, hundred um, percent. Finney Smith is a good player. Hardaway Junior is a good player. Brunson, I think Delon Wright could be a good trade piece because he's a good player. He just, you know, got cast a shitty yeah. hand. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah. He did. Like, he did. Delon Wright was good in Toronto, and that was the reason why they traded. I, he was involved in one of their trades. I think he was involved in the uh, Valanciunas trade for Gasol. Yes. Like, there was the reason why. And obviously, Memphis let him go. I think, like, if they could trade DeLon Wright for a small piece, then I think that they would be better off for it because they're not using him. Sure. And someone can. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be the interesting. The team we just talked about could use him. The Minnesota Timberwolves yeah, could use they DeLon They really could. They, he would be a great backup there. That's yep. a good point. Um. I don't know. I'm curious to see what you think about Dallas, but I think that there's just a lot of different ways they could go this offseason, and then even if they stand pat, I think that they're going to be better next year. 
the Przingis injury is a massive deal for me and really affects how I look at them. You know, I, I don't. I think Kleber got. I think Kleber got. I'm not. I'm not a Kleber guy. I he got. He he showed his. He showed his negativities more than he showed his positivities when it came to the playoffs last year. Now, Powell, I do believe, is a very nice piece. I like Powell. I just think, to an extent, again, you know what he is. He's a pick and he's a pick and roll big guy. He's a shot blocker. He's a solid five man who's going to give you, uh, you know, high to mid to, mid to high twenties in in minutes. I don't I don't see the, um, I don't see that production being replaced unless Kleba just goes for something that I don't believe he can do. Uh, but, but with Dallas, I, I think, you know, I think you're right on with the idea that the future, particularly this next off season could look really good for them. You know, if you can get Przingis back and then you're looking at a, a team in, in Mark Cuban, who, you know, likes to pursue the stars who I think players like, from my perspective and what I see, like I think people like Cuban. I think I think mm-hmm. players like Cuban. I think players like Cuban because Cuban's not afraid to go out there and say, you know what, like we want to win. And he keeps care of his players. He keeps care of his former players, as we're seeing with Delonte West. Like he, Mark Mark Cuban's Mark Cuban is a is an owner that will go for it when he sees the opportunity. There is no if and or but or Mark Cuban will know the window. But when it comes to the Mavericks, my my big I really worry about how do you replace this? You do not replace the you don't even I don't even think you get 50 percent of the production. I think you're getting 25 to 30 percent of the production because I think Przingis was absolutely insane in the in the in the bubble and exactly what I thought he would be when he was picked up by them in a trade. Hardaway has been fantastic and Finney Smith has been fantastic. I guess Alex, I think they need to, this was a team I really liked last year depth, but like, I think you got to get better guys for their depth. If you want to be what, if you want to be where you were last season, or if you want to be above that, if you want to be a five seed, you can, you got to get to me. You got to get better pieces around if than what you got. You know, I like Tim. I like Finney Smith, but you know, I think with Dallas, you gotta, you would have to do a lot of work uh, to get a team to convince me that they would be a five seed. But that that's just me because I I think the West is that loaded, and I think the Mavs will be very close to what they were last season if they make the playoffs. And to be so, honest, it's not going to fully shock me if they slip out because the West is that loaded. So I don't see any reason why their offense would fall off, though. And that's that to me is kind of like in the regular season, at least that is going to keep them afloat, because if you're scoring 100 like per 100 possessions, if you're scoring 117 points per 100 possessions. Yeah. Like you're not going to lose. Like you're going to lose a lot of games. Sure. Especially if you're giving all that up on the other end. Exactly. If you're giving up a, like their point differential last year was insane. Like their point differential was like seven or eight points a game, I think, and they were in the seventh seed. Yeah, it's, their defense was really bad. <laughs> sure, I won't say really bad. I'll say average. Let's let's go to my old friend cleaning the glass. We're gonna check out the point <laughs> differential, but it was like think about that though. If you have a all like the all time best offense combined with the average defense, I just I don't see any reason why that'll be that would be an issue, right? So let's sh- let's check the point differential. <laughs> So 
So point differential, the Mavericks were at plus 4.8. Is that for the postseason? That's for the regular season. Okay. So let's see. What kind of cap space are they looking at? Cap space, I'm not entirely sure, but their offense was at 116.9 points a game. Defense was at 112. So I'll, I'll actually look at the cap space, but we we are also having to deal with the fact that we don't know what the salary cap is going to look like yet. Still, I think that's fair. What they're yeah. what they're saying is that it's going to look pretty much identical to what to what it was this year. But let's see, they are right at the salary cap. It looks yeah, like yeah, that's that's hard. Um. That's really Court- hard. Courtney Lee is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and they're, I'm sure they're not going to keep him around. Um, JJ Barea is not going to be a. It's not going to be around. Michael K. Gilchrist, I don't know if he's going to be around. That's that seems like they're only free agents. I mean, yeah. Oh, Tim Hardaway has a 19 million dollar player option. Op- uh, if you have a player option that's greater than like 10 million dollars, you are taking that player option. You are taking the player option. Let, let's just be clear here. So I'll, I'll take that off the board, but. Chris Stapps is making 29. Hardaway's going to be making 19. Powell's going to be making 11. DeLon Wright's going to be making nine. That's the guy you should trade. You should you should trade him. You should to trade him. To get like I agree a, with that. An equal piece or, you know, two role players. That's exactly right. Because like you said, they're not really using him. Um, Lucas still on the rookie contract is going to be his 30. That helps you. That helps you. Seth Curry is making 7 million. They have a lot of guys, they have a lot of money tied up to like mid-level contracts. But I think that Get off should... right though. Get off right. I think a spot that they could really use upgrade for and like I said, wings are the hardest commodity in the league, but the spot they that they could really use an upgrade on is the Justin Jackson spot. It is that's exactly I, where I was going. To I am not a Justin Jackson guy. Yeah. No offense to you. I'm sure, I'm sure you're yeah. a nice guy, but as a basketball sure. player, you just don't like, you're not the, you're not eighth man. You're a ninth man in the regular season. And they were playing him in the playoffs and that was certain doom. Right. And it was I think doom. like that just shows that they weren't deep enough. Like, I mean, Finney Smith is a probably not even a starter level player, but like, next to next to Dodge, she is, but I don't know if like you stick him on like the, I don't know if you stick him on the Timberwolves and they start him. As crazy as that is to say, as good as he's been. I don't think they start yeah. him. So Yeah. Yeah. I think that they uh Yeah. I know it's gonna be interesting to see where the Mavericks go, but what's your next mm-hmm. team? What's my next team? I mean it, again, going through all these, and it's like, okay, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to get into. But but I think with the West, I think I'm gonna go west again. Mm-hmm. Um, give me Phoenix. Mm. Give me some Phoenix. I yeah. Give me some Phoenix. I I was riding their I was riding their heinies, you know, in terms of how I felt about them this season. You know, last season in the bubble, I liked them a lot. I liked Devin Booker a lot. I liked DeAndre Aiden a lot. As I mentioned on this podcast before, I think that's a good duo. I think you have something there. I think Mikael Bridges showed you why he's what they traded him to be. I think this is a very this is a team that I'm sitting there like, okay, what are you going to do? Because right now they're not going to have that, you know the draft pick, that top draft pick or anything like that. This is a team that's starting to develop their culture. Now, Alex, when I first thought of Phoenix, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought tanking, but 
I don't think you can tank because you're going to want to make sure Devin Booker stays around. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to make sure that some of these other pieces that they have that they've paid in particular, Ricky Rubio, you're not paying Ricky Rubio to tank. No, that's not what you're doing. You're not paying Ricky Rubio that contract so that you can tank. You're paying Ricky Rubio so that you can make a step up. (laughs) You're not, not to mention you have Kelly Oubre on 15 and 14 million. Very good player, Alex, but you, you obviously paid him because you think he's good and you think he makes a step. But here's the other thing that I want to get into with, with this team in particular. Some of these mid-level deals. I mean, Frank Kaminsky, what are we doing? I mean, Cameron Johnson liked him in the bubble. Uh, I think if he can come in and, and give you what he did earlier, uh, that'd be beneficial. Now, another piece, I think, Alex. Now, I don't think they should. I think they should do what they can to get him back, Alex. And you've talked about him as a potentially very interesting free agent, depending on the market. But, you know, they got to get somebody to get, you know, for Javon Carter's spot if they can't bring him back. Mm-hmm. Because I'm telling you right now, Alex, if I'm a contending team, I'm calling up his services as soon as 1201 hits. Yeah. That's a player. That's a player that's going to be a nice fit. It, you know, you want to talk about on ball pressure. That is a loss if Phoenix cannot get him. And that is a big loss. That is a massive loss because they need elite defenders like that to go with Booker. That's that's the tricky part. That's that's the tricky part. And and I think with this team, personally, I did not like the Sarge fit. You can convince me to move off of Sarge. I've never been huge on Sarge. Get off Sarge. You can convince me to, you know, make a lot of moves with this roster to rekindle it. But at the same time, Monty Williams seems like he's building a culture there, Alex. What, what I guess I, I want to propose this to you as well. What direction do you think that they need to go in? So I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but there was a there's a low post with Bill Simmons on it. And I am taking this idea and running with it. They should trade Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre. And throw, throw in their first-round pick this year. It's like 11, but Oklahoma City is not going to say no to an extra pick for Chris Paul. Why yes, don't they sir. do that? Why do, like, why does – first of all, why does Oklahoma City say no to that? Probably Rubio 17 million, but even then. No, that's a good value deal, though. The, like, I mean, you get Ubre and a first-round pick, you've got to yeah. do that trade. Yeah, it's a good value. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's a great deal. You're not going to do much – and plus the salaries match up pretty much almost perfectly – that's just, a great. It, that's a great move. There's really no reason why they shouldn't do it because Phoenix is needs to win, right? And they we saw we saw that they did well in the bubble without Ubre. They did well without him. Yeah. Mikael Bridges yes, was fine. Yeah. Cameron Johnson was a great four. I was about to say like, that was the key. Yes, that, he was a great four for them. He, like yes, he, he was. rebounded well. He was, I mean, Booker, like, they did a really good team rebounding effort. But in the bubble, they all really played well. Like, every son played well. Now, is that replicable in a regular season where you travel on the road, right? All signs indicated that the Suns um, like to go out and enjoy themselves on the road. <laughs> That's That yeah. seemed to be the indication. But if they can focus, if they have Chris Paul, right? Yeah. First of all, Devin Booker will be set because he was playing well with Rubio being set up off the ball. Imagine getting set up by Chris Paul, right? And if they do that, they're, I would 
you would have to think they're one of the eight best teams in the Western Conference. Just without a doubt. Because yeah. you're not really sacrificing much depth. If you can bring back Baines, that's great for you, too. Yeah, it is. I thought it was a it shame is. that they threw away Josh Jackson. Sarich, I, I agree with that. Sarich should come back because Sarich was a good backup, backup forward. For, just off the bench, you know, have some shot creation off the bench. He was good, would, for, the, he was good for them in Orlando. I'd like to, I'd like, I'm like, uh, uh, I, I, think he's, I, I have a, I have a very, I have a very hateful relationship when watching Dario Saric play. That's that's all I. Guess. I mean, let's let's check out the bubble stats. Let's just let's check out the. How much you stats. paying him? How much you paying Saric? How much like, you paying Saric? Not more like a mid level contract. I ten million. He, you paying him ten million? Is that what the mid level is going for these days? I'm not I paying him know. ten, but I probably pay him eight. He averaged fifteen points a game in the bubble and and eight rebounds, two assists, in like less than 30 minutes a game. So I think that he gives you good production off the bench, right? He didn't start any of those games. He started one of the games against Oklahoma City. But even in that game, he was 7 of 12 and had 16 points. Give me a defender, though, Alex. I mean, give, give, me, the- give me a defender on, on Sarge. You, you, you've you got, you know, if you're going to, so I kind of like the move that you made, right, with the the Thunder, right? Both sides have to agree to that. Both sides, not just one, both. Phoenix has got to like that move, and so does OKC. Because like you said, Phoenix has been tanking for at least a decade. It feels like it, at least. Not to mention that this is a team in Phoenix that I, I just think you you have to show. You can't be cute anymore, Alex. You've got to go. You've got to get some. You've got to get some pieces of veteran pieces. Now, I understand they did that with Aaron Baines. But Dar- Dario Saric is to me a cute player at 26. He's he's not he's not able to to give you. I think if you can you can find scoring, Alex. You can find scoring. I I don't see the I, the. I'd rather get role players at this point over scoring. If I'm a team like Phoenix who's trying to make a jump, you know what I'm saying. That's 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 where I'm at with Sarge. Move off it. Whatever you're paying for Sarge, give me two role. Give me give me two role players. Give me two guys who can be off the ball. Give give me players that can that can work in that way. I don't need a Dario Sarge. No, thank you. That's just Counter, counterpoint though. Go ahead. Which of those guys want to go to Phoenix? <laughs> even if Chris Paul is there, I mean, think about it. You already have a hell of a system. Like even if they don't, okay. You, even if they don't trade Ubre, right? You have sure. three capable wing players, right? Which is a lot more than a lot of teams can say. It, it very much is. It very much is. I agree. So having two capable wings, there's really nothing wrong with that, right? Like No, there's not. Who can say they have more capable wings? Houston? Houston, that's a team that they should try. And actually, if they don't have to trade. <laughs> here's, here's, here's a theory for you. If they don't have to trade that first round pick uh-huh. for, for Chris Paul. Uh-huh. What if they got like one of the Rockets wings just for the first round pick? They have cap space. They have like 16 million in cap space. Do you think Danwell House? He would certainly fit with the ethos, party ethos of the team, but let's not let's not go there entirely. <laughs> Fair. Uh, no, he would be great there. I love House. Okay. I think he. Would, I was about to he, say I like that fit. He would be great there. Um, yeah. You just okay. like if you can. Like even for a future, like for next year's first round pick, if you could pilfer a first, like a a player for that, you got to do it. So yeah. I don't know. Phoenix, 
Phoenix is definitely interesting because Booker, if they don't improve soon and fast, like really fast, I could see Booker demanding a trade soon. Like he's good. What? He's good what about it. Yeah, he, he he he. See, Booker, Booker, you gotta you gotta win with Booker. You gotta win with Booker now. Because he, we saw, we saw in the bubble that he's a winning basketball player. Yeah, you definitely did. The the man made plays. Right, he's a yeah. great like. Here's a comparison for you, and I'm not like I'm not comparing him entirely, but Devin Booker, I think, is going to be the Paul Pierce of this era. He is just going to be able to get whatever shot he wants when he wants it, and he is going to be you know just a solid scorer. Like, I mean, he averaged almost 27 points a game this year, Caleb. 27! 27. Like, I don't care that the pace is up. Even if, like, a regular year, that's, like, almost 25 points a game. Yeah. He was on another level. He He was was on. He was a phenomenal scorer this year. He really was. you got to capitalize on that because the Celtics were lucky that Pierce didn't made a trade, right? Like, and... People have been demanding trades for the history of time, right? Scotty Pippen demanded a trade. Sure they did. <laughs> Scotty Pippen demanded a trade. You just go through the list of NBA teams, right? Yeah. This isn't a new phenomenon, people moving around a lot. Like, Kevin Garnett is, a like, a rarity because he did not want to get traded. He did not want to leave Minnesota. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's, that was, like, even then, that was the exception, not the rule. Right? Yeah. Fair. Like, if, like... Guys just demand trades. It's just the fact of the matter. So I got a, I got a player for you, Alex. Okay. That I would that I that I would want to flip out. Okay. That I would I, that I would sit there and say, you know what? Let's let's flip Saric out for this guy. Mm-hmm. Mo Harkless. See, uh, I like Mo Harkless, right? But I think that so. You know, I'm not a big analytics guy, but you know the uh, VORP stat? Yeah. I think I think Mo Harkless is the replacement player, if that makes sense. Like, if you have him as the guy, like, if he's your backup, then you're in a great spot. But if he's your starter, like, Portland... But he's but he's not based off the way they use Sarge, though, Alex. I mean, I, I would like Mo Harkless for them, sure. Mo Harkless... Is he a free agent this year? I think yeah, yeah, well. I mean, he's on the Knicks. He's on the Knicks. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's if if he's not on a player option, but I mean, no. From my understanding, he's just gone. The Knicks suck. The Knicks suck at this point. You're not competing with with the Knicks to bring him back. If you're if you're a team like Phoenix, that's a player that I would want to have who would give me more. Definite, definitely more defense, and yeah. he would give me he would give me more of a athletic fit who he just, to me, that's the type of player I want to see in that role. Uh, if, if I'm, I would rather pay that money for a guy like that who can give me two position, you know, positions to work with at the three and the four. I can get off a of Sarich. I can, I can trust Deandre Ayton, you know, tell him to stay off the drugs I can, I can, I can, you know, maybe try to give Baines back. You got to think they'll try to do something to get him back. I liked him, but I mean, I, th- I just think that's the player that I would like for them to have. I, Sarge to me leaves you. I understand he's an offensive guy, but I, I can pass. I think I have guys offensively that can give me some of the numbers. I don't think I'm having to worry about the replacement of Sarge. I can replace that defense though, like that. 
And for Phoenix, that's what you got to worry about, in my opinion. Forget about offense. I, I think that's fair. Um, so I'm looking, I'm just comparing, like right now, I'm just comparing Harkless, right, to other sure. to other three and D wings. Harkless, to me, doesn't deserve the three and three and D wing. That's my hang up with him, right? The man does not shoot. So I'm looking at Covington, right? And we know Covington bombed threes once he got to Houston. But I'm looking at before he got to Houston, okay? If you sure, look at the attempts, sure. yeah. this year in Minnesota, Covington and Covington and Minnesota bombed 6.5 threes a game, okay? Minnesota last year, 6.7. Philadelphia, it when he before he got traded for Jamie Butler, 5.9. Um, 6.4, 6.9, 6.1, 7.2, 6.4. The only time <laughs> in seven games for Houston in his rookie season – 1.6 threes in five minutes a game. Okay. Right. Mo Harkless for comparison. Okay. I'm going to go from his rookie season all the way to his, uh, all the way to this season. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So 1. 1.5, 1.9, 1.2, 1.8, 2.5, 2, 2, 1.6. And then this year in Los Angeles, 1.5. And then in New York, 2.1. So, off, like, if they could get him off the bench, that would be a great piece for them. I won't deny that. But I think that some team is going to delude themselves into thinking that Mo Harkless can start for them. Or there might be a team on my list that might try to bring him back. That might try to bring him back to their team. So, I think that Harkless, to me, would be – I as their sixth man, he would be great. I don't think he's going to be, a, I don't think he's going to want to be a sixth man. If that makes sense. Okay. Like he could probably start on a team that's better. Now, if he was willing to take this role, Phoenix uh-huh. to me is the top eight team in the West. And I think that it wouldn't seem in the top I, eight. I, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that's how good that would, a move like that would be for them. That puts you in the playoffs. But I just, I don't know with Harkless, right? Like I've never been a huge Harkless guy. That's just me though. Like, yeah. Cause I watched, I watched him in Portland all those years and they're like, Oh, Portland has a, you know, has a yep. wing. Right. Right. They have, they have Al Farouk Amino and, you know, Mo Harkless. Yep. And then every year what happened, they got yep. shut down. Speaking of which though, I think if they can manage a trade for Al Farouk Aminu, that's a guy that Ooh. teams, that's a guy that teams should be looking to pilfer Ooh. because he went to Orlando last year and he was anonymous. Yeah. Ooh, I like that move, Alex. I like that I mean, move a lot, he's, Alex. He's getting paid double digits, which is probably a little more than I would pay Al Farouk Aminu, but if you could get him for cheap, like if you could yeah. get him for a, a second-round yeah. pick. Yeah. Yeah. He fills it. that gap perfect. He he would fill that gap perfectly, Alex. He'd fill that gap perfectly. He'd fill that gap that I think they have. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see because – Nice nice throwing. Nice, nice throwing. I think Baines too. Baines didn't play in the bubble, but if he comes back and plays for them, I don't know. Baines yep. to me is a interesting option. I like because Baines. I like Baines on that. He's a guy that he was good. He's been good for the last like three years. Yep, he has. And he's been on a really small contract. And if he, there's a chance he gets someone signs him to be a starter. Yeah. There's, I think I could see that happening, right? Like I think you would right. fit perfectly in the either Los Angeles team, especially the Clippers. Exactly. The Clippers need just a big man that isn't Montrez. That's going to be interesting yeah. to see what direction they move into. I, oh, think, I, think, yeah. I think they keep Montrez this year, but I don't know what happens after that. But Yeah, fair. I just think that you need 
Harkless is good. I like I like Harkless for them. I don't think Harkless Harkless would go to Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting I to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what direction they go. And I mean, Marcus Morris is an unrestricted free agent. Bring him back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If they if he if he liked it, yeah. I think Marcus Morris is tired of being eighth man, though. I think he wants uh, yeah, to say. I was about to say, yeah, that's that's my only. That's why I was saying if he liked it. And if I was Marcus Morris, I would probably go back to Boston before I went back to. I agree with that. Phoenix, I agree with <laughs> but that. I agree. That, that being said, let's move on to my final team. I go ahead. I just mentioned them, the Portland Trailblazers. Here's why. Okay, they have a very interesting window right now because. Between Nurkic, McCollum, and Lillard, they are, without a doubt, one of the best teams in the Western Conference. How good you can dispute. But they made the conference finals two years ago, and they have pretty much the same team intact. Plus, they have Trevor Ariza, which is infinitely better than their wing situation was, you know, before. Definitely. Like when they had Arkless and Amito. That being said, they kind of feel like they're swimming in no man's land at the same time. That is exactly right. Like, That's what I was just like, about to say. They feel like a team. They they have an identity for sure. That identity is Damian Lillard. Oh, yeah. And da- Damian Lillard, to me, especially in the bubble, like, oh, my God. Yeah. He submitted himself as almost a top five player. Pretty close. Pretty I do not have close. him in my – he is not in my top five. But he was – I mean – a ball of fire would be an insult to Damian Lillard. Um, he was yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he was those. Uh, he was that bolt of lightning that burns down. You know, that knocks over a building, <laughs> right? Like that's how, that's how like strong he was. He exactly. was insane. Yeah, and I did not realize he averaged thirty points a game for the season. <laughs> yeah, I that's... think the bubble. The bubble bumped those numbers up for sure because I think those yeah. eight bubble games. Let's let's look at what he averaged because that's that's a fun game. So, my goodness, he had a sixty-one point game in the bubble. I totally forgot about that. So let's see, he averaged thirty-seven point six points a game, nine point six assists, three point three turnovers, <laughs> ten free throw attempts, forty-three percent from three on twelve, thirteen attempts a game. He's He's pretty. He's pretty good, Alex. He's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty good. He's 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 good. <laughs> you can't like. Here's the thing about that though. You can't do that for a whole season. I, I well, that's fair. That's fair. And I'm yeah. He had two great games in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers did their thing, right? I mean, the yeah. Lakers are the champions, but. He had two 34-point games in the finals. I mean, he really tried his best, right? And he hurt himself. And that's like, I don't remember how he got injured, but I know he got injured. And he, there's no way he can do he can do that bubble for the whole season. No, nah, like, I, not, I, yeah. not for 72 games. He yeah. is going to be – the Blazers are going to be an interesting case because it feels like they need an upgrade, right? Oh, I definitely like, agree with that. It feels like they need to get better. But the yep. only avenue to getting better is C.J. McCollum. And here's the issue with C.J. McCollum, right? C.J. McCollum at this point is, I want to say, close to 30. You can't trade C.J. for anyone better than him because why would you get worse? But you can't trade anyone for anyone worse than C.J. because why would you make yourself worse? This seems to be the conundrum for me with the Portland Trailblazers. They 
cannot afford to lose AJ McCollum because he is, you know, as much objections to him as I may have. And he really did well in Orlando, you know, and I was especially with that injury, but like, he's 29 years old, Caleb, he's 29 years old. Who are you going to, who would give up someone better than him (laughs) for like a Portland first round pick and Anthony Simons, right? If they were willing to include Zach Collins, I think that would make teams more intrigued, but I don't think Portland wants to give up Zach Collins. I wish Ricky Rubio was a two guard. Yeah, it would, it would make it would make things more interesting, but because I was, I I wish that they can get that deal, that deal you talked about with Chris Paul is the type of deal that you can easily convince me Portland could use, but Rubio is not that two guard that they need. And when it, when it comes to, you know, McCollum, I mean, the pros are the guy gets buckets, the guy gets it done, but you know, he is where he is in age. The injuries are a factor at this point. How long can you rely on him being the same player? Uh, That remains to be a question. Um, I'm not as crazy on Nurkic, Alex. I, I I'm not as crazy on Nurkic as you are. I I think I think that's. I'm not saying I'd trade him. I'm making that clear. I'm not saying I would trade him, but I think there's an avenue there. I think there's an avenue in in doing in doing a Nurkic trade. I think there's an avenue. I think you can get. I think you could go in different directions. The problem with Nurkic is Nurkic gives you something that is pretty irreplaceable on the Blazers right now, which is solid defense. Right. And, th- Nurkic- and that's the, that's the only reason I would, but it's tricky. Cause I, I, that's the type of piece. I, I, cause I, I know what you mean with CJ. Um, but I think Nurkic at that 12 million value deal would really get you a good haul. See, here's the thing with Nurkic though, right? Like, this is going to be a, this is going to sound crazy, but I think Nurkic is kind of like 2020 Jokey Noah. Not like Jokey Noah in 2020. Like if you put 2014, 2014 Jokey Noah in 2020, I think that's Nurkic. He gives you really good, really great defense. Like he was a phenomenal defender. He made that Portland defense average when they should, they couldn't have stopped anybody if, Nurkic was on wasn't on the floor, right? Zach Collins fouls too much. They had no they they were starting Carmelo Anthony. Listen, there is no reason you should have an average defense when you're starting Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Carmelo Anthony. Absolutely none. Absolutely none. Gary Trent, Gary Trent, and Nurkic were literally their only two good defenders on the whole roster. Yeah, on the whole roster. Yeah, like it does. It defies expectations to me, right? That Nurkic, and at $12 million, you haven't, not, I'm not going to say he's elite, right? He's sure. very good at defense, for, and he's a very good passer, and he's very good on the block for $12 million. I that's don't, the problem. Yeah. Like, he is, like, that's an incredible value it's for that incredible. kind of player. It is. Incredible. Like, to me, Nurkic is, you know, one of my, like, I'm, I, I fell in love with him in the bubble. He just he, the way he plays, right? He's kind of like Marcus Gasol without the jump shot sometimes too. Like he's, a, it's incredible to me that 
Denver had two of the best passing centers in the league on their roster at the same time. Just incredible. Yeah, they did. And they they somehow couldn't make it. Like, could you imagine if Jokic was running pick and rolls with Nurkic? (laughs) It'd be just fun to watch all all around. It would be, but I don't, there's around. no there's no way it could have worked. But there's no way it would have worked. <laughs> no, but I think that Nurkic, man, I think that he is – I think he's too valuable to Portland. I think that him and Dame are by far the two best players and on that's the team. The, and, that's the, and that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part because, like, if I'm, if I'm Portland, I don't know why I'm putting Zach Collins on a leash. Like I, I think you can move off of Zach Collins. That's just I, I'm not a Collins guy. As we've seen in the bubble, that dude cannot play without fouling. He he is not able to give. He just he's clogging the paint at this point. He's not effective in my opinion enough from the outside or in deep range uh, to where it's worth it. You you got I I I'm not a I'm not a Collins guy. So I could see that being a nice piece. Um, and I, I mean, why do you have Anthony Simons, Alex? Why do you have Anthony Simons? I get why? so I cut him slack, right? He's like 20 years old, like he's you, have, and that's the hardest position to play on offense in the league. I'm giving him some slack, he showed flashes, right? But if trade he's him. if you, I, I don't know why they would trade him though, like you have a value young piece, right? And teams that are old like this, they they overvalue their young pieces, right? I think Collins has a lot of potential. I think Simons does too. But so That's in the you get better, Alex, with the in, with the core they got. So Collins, uh, man, in the bubble he was. Let's see, I'm going through his three point attempts. One for Jeez. three, zero oh for two. He wasn't that bad actually. I, I'm not. I'm not convinced on. I'm not convinced that Collins and Simons together benefit my team. When I'm looking at a team at this point, Alex, that's that needs to get wins now. Why am I sitting here waiting on five years of, of Anthony Anthony Simons adjusting into the league? Trade him, him and Collins, get him out, get him out, build your build your team because you need to start winning now. You aren't about trying to win in five or seven years. You're about winning now, Alex. And the unfortunate nature of it is that's the way that Portland is ran. Is it the smartest thing in the world to do, Alex? No. But is it what they should do given the way that the roster is constructed? In my opinion, yes. Yes, you should do it because that's the because you are in a in, not in a bad pickle. Because, like, obviously, CJ is a solid player, Nurkic is a solid player, and Dame is Dame. But make some moves. You have no reason to keep this 19 year old point guard. You have no reason to keep. If you can, if I mean, now the key is, I don't know, Alex, off the top of your head, if I said, to you as a as a front office guru. Okay, I'm willing to flip Anthony Simons and Zach Collins in the same trade. Who's a piece I can get? Oh, okay. Let me bounce an idea off of you going back to going back to the first team I brought up. Okay. What if hey hear me out? Because is this gonna you, uh, well probably both agree that this probably wouldn't work. Okay. But what if you were like, hey Toronto, let's go ahead and get your tanking process started early. We'll give you CJ and Anthony Simons and a first round pick for Kyle Lowry. I mean, what do you, I, I would probably say no if I'm Toronto, but I'd think about it. 
I didn't get a chance to develop Simons. He's got you think talent. Kyle Lowry's that good? <laughs> Caleb, you know I'm very high on the Kyle Lowry trade. I know I you are. I know you are. He, I know you so are. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You think he's a first-round pick? Yeah. McCollum and my young talent. I mean, like, you think if, he's anything, that good? if anything, I think that's buying low on Lowry. Um, Ooh. Like, Ooh. okay, here's why. Here's why. Let me make my case. So, okay. Toronto... You know, they're in desperate, probably not desperate. They have a lot of young talent, but they like Lowry was by far their best player in the regular season and the playoffs. Like I agree with that. And he still, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. That's the thing. I know. And that's where my, my yellow flag comes in is he's 34. Again, how long is a first round pick and my young talent and CJ McCollum worth it for 34 year old point guard. But he would, make their defense he would shore up a defensive spot right he would let Damian Lillard play out the ball more yeah he would and like could you imagine right we saw how good now obviously it's different when you're a point guard and you're used to having the ball in your hands all the time yeah yeah, but Damian Lillard I think has the capability of playing off the ball and I think that you give him a chance to play off the ball and you give him a guy next to him who's an elite defender still elite that to me right like, I don't think you need an elite scorer next to Dame. I think you could get no, two I don't guys. Either. Like, Nurkic in the bubble averaged 18 points a game, right? Yeah, Nurk, yeah. If you get another guy that's averaging 18 points a game with Dame's 30, that's 66 points a game. You only that's need 34 other points. Like, you only need 34 other points. And if you bring back Melo, that's an extra 15 points off the bench. Yeah, so we're not is. assuming Melo's starting next year. Probably uh, not. Gary Trent looked good. Gary Trent looked good. Um who else? Like they have, they have a solid foundation, right? They do. They do. And I like some of their pieces. I do. So like, if anything, I think that's buying low, right? If I'm Toronto, I probably say no to that trade, but if I'm Portland, I offer it and I make them think about it because like, let's be real here. Kyle Lowry is the first place on Toronto's, you know, Mount Rushmore because just the success, they've had, just the success they've had since he's been there. Like yep, they haven't been close. bad. I don't think they've missed the playoffs since he's been there. I think they might have missed it his first year. And compared no. to where that franchise was before he got there, just incredible. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's the kind of move they need to make. I agree. I, I don't think they would. I don't think Toronto would say yes, but I think that's that the kind of move. Portland, Portland needs to get better. I think we can yeah. both agree. I think that they have. They definitely they have the one. In, they have the one in the five, and they have a three that's capable. Although yeah. Trevor Reese is getting old. But yeah, yeah. That was the thing about that was the thing about Portland. If Trevor Ariza was healthy, I think that there's a shot. Like I think that there was a chance that he could have beaten the Lakers. I don't think they would have. Maybe. <laughs> we, yeah. Was we saw as the playoffs went on that the Lakers were just the most dominant team. Yeah. But I don't know. It's an it's an interesting uh it's an interesting quandary. It definitely um, is. I think both of us are done with our teams. I have a couple honorable mentions that I wanna I wanna get off. First was the Denver Nuggets. I think that they're an intriguing team just because they made the conference finals and they have a lot of sure. ways they could go. They have a really good young piece of Michael Porter Jr. that I don't think anyone knows what the finished product is going to be. And if there is going to be a finished product, since the Porter Jr. family seems to be cursed. Um, that being said, though, Michael Porter Jr. is a really intriguing young piece. And if you could get, like, I would probably trade him for a superstar. Like, if you can. I think he's got that kind of potential. I think you could trick a team in a trading for him. Mm. And then, and then my last team is the Milwaukee Bucks. 
<laughs> because yeah, they need to upgrade. They yeah, need. They They're on the clock. Like they need <laughs> to upgrade, and Bledsoe is just is just not cutting it. He really hasn't ever cut it. He's going to be a good stats, bad team guy for the entirety of his career. That just seems to be his destiny. So yep. you need to upgrade off of Bledsoe. Letting Bragdon go is going to be a colossal mistake. Choosing Bledsoe over Bragdon is going to be probably like remembered as a horrible mistake if Giannis leaves. If he stays, then it's whatever. But if he leaves, then they're going to be yep. like, look at the time they chose Bragdon over Bledsoe when Bragdon was clearly – like, I mean, even last year. He was, Caleb, yeah, yeah. Like, Bragdon's been better than he Bledsoe has. probably for the last – since Bud got there. So – yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The Bucks are an interesting, they, interesting yeah. case. They are. Um, who, who are your honorable mentions? For me, I mean, you can go, golly, you can go all over the place. Um, I definitely hear your Denver thing. That was definitely a part of mine. But, you know, just to kind of, I mean, I think Philly, obviously, with the new hirings, you know, how are they going to look? Um, you know, they're, they're a contending team with Doc. They have Maury. How much is Maury going to shake up that team? Obviously, I think there's a lot to, to look out for there. And, and then I think my last, you know, team is Boston. I, I want to see what Boston does to fix the bigs. They have a problem. They need depth there. You know, and, and obviously we know what their top, their top five, top six is pretty close to the best in the league. And if you add a big guy that can make your top six that much better, then you can move Tice to that seventh man role, which is a very good player in the seventh man spot. Then you're looking at a really good Boston team with the legitimate rotation. So those, those two in the East were the other teams that suck out. I know they're big and I know they're obvious contenders, but that would be my, that'd be my team. I would like to see Derek favors in Boston. I think Derek favors would fit well in Boston. I think that he would be like, you just slide him into that center spot, right? And they get 75,000 times better because Derek Favors, here's the thing, right? There's so many free agent centers between Abaka, Derek Favors, and Tristan Thompson. Those three alone, like, would each be the like one of the best centers that are free agents. Any of them. If any of them went to right. Boston, they'd be good. Yeah. They're all like the way the salary cap is this offseason, they're all gonna have to sign really small one-year deals. I have to imagine. Right. right? Yeah. Abaka, I could see getting a mid-level deal from somewhere. But like if Phoenix could upgrade from Aaron Baines to Abaca somehow, I don't know why Abaca would do that, but you've got to do it, right? <laughs> but Baines is a good player. You know, you have way too many good centers and not enough center spots. So it's gonna be interesting. Bring him back. Who uh Baines. Baines? I would bring him back, but I don't okay. know if he wants to go start somewhere. That's fair. Like I said, I think that there's gonna be a lot of one year contracts for small money, right? A lot of mid levels, a lot of sure minimum contracts yeah. because there's just not like the salary cap is staying the same and they all projected it to go up. So yeah, exactly. We didn't even talk about Gallinari that much. No. Gallinari is a really fascinating player sure. where he could go. So it's going to be fascinating to watch um, what happens this off season. And yeah. Yeah, I think that 100%. this is a great, this is a great podcast. Caleb, thank you. Definitely. Thank you for joining me. Um, what do you got on Linsanity coming up this week? Oh, what do I got? Well, I mean, we're talking the Colts, you know, we're talking the Colts, how they couldn't able, you know, how Philip Rivers was once again, lousy uh, in his performance against the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll, uh, we'll have that for you. Uh, the Saints uh, slaughtering Tampa uh, will be talked about. And now uh, we have some uh, get the sack candidates that are uh, intriguing uh, that, and, and some panic buttons as well. That could be a little bit, uh, you know, alarming 
and uh, that that'll be that'll be something to keep an eye on. So uh, we have plenty coming in from there. Uh, you know, I'll be doing uh, my Wednesday show as well, but the, it'll be individual this week, more of a monologue based. So uh, just check us check out the Linsanity as well. Uh, we'll be putting our podcast out probably later later in the week, Alex, like a Thursday, Ooh. Friday, something like that. So I like to have your uh, your review pod out on Wednesdays. It just makes more sense sure. logistically than putting it out sure. on Tuesday night. Sure. Um, Preview pods I like to have up before the Thursday night football game, but generally, you know, it doesn't matter if that's up Thursday or Friday. Um, check out our other shows on the network. Uh, Circle City Cinema is going to be coming out today with an episode on Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. And they'll also Ooh. they're also talking about Sean Connery, the death of Sean Connery. May he rest in peace. There's also a game that Zach may have uh, reused oh. on Circle City Cinema that he oh. might have done on Linsanity last week. Oh, I'm gonna bring you some material. Am I putting Zach on blast right now? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Alex and Dylan basketball power hour. We're going to be coming out on Thursday morning. We're not recording on Thursday morning for the first time in a while. That's just because I have work stuff. Um, but we're going to be doing kind of the same concept that we did last week with, except instead of lottery teams, we're going to be doing five through eight in each conference and the Grizzlies since we didn't talk about the Grizzlies. So we're going to be doing the biggest needs there. Um, triple option pass. It might be the most glorious podcast of the season since, since uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame had the game of the season. That was an incredible game. It was an incredible, it was game. An incredible game. I just. Devin, Devin's going to be out of control. And plus BYU and Coastal Carolina and Louisiana Lafayette. Right. Is that the, is that that's the name of the school, right? Yes. Louisiana Lafayette, yes. Right? Yes. Louisiana, yes. Yes. So. Yeah. You got to check Mar- that out. It's gonna Marshall. Be, yeah. It's going to be incredible. Um, and I yeah. think our, the last show I got to promote is the battleground, which will be back this week with JD Hall, Bryce Shaddy and moderated by our good friend, Zach Griffith. Um, a triple option pass, by the way, with Devin Voss and Ryan Gregory, Circle City Cinema with Brett Sexton and Zach Griffith. I don't know if I said that, but <laughs> go check those out. They're all phenomenal shows. Lintana is phenomenal. You got Bryce on, uh, you got Bryce on there. Who else do you got tonight? I got Bryce on there. And then uh, a guest that was on your show uh, early on in the year, if I'm not mistaken, but Jacob Keith, Jacob Keith will be making his Linsanity debut. And uh, it's been a while since he's been on the Running Hook Podcast Network, Alex. Yeah. I'd love to hear those dulcet tones again. Um, I want to thank you so much for listening. This was a really fun episode. And it was. Caleb, Caleb, I want to thank you for joining me, man. It was good talking to you. It was good. It's been a while. Too long. Thank you.